0: this is the nothing but bucks podcast now here's your host tj reeves Mm-mm-mm. disappointment a lump of coal in the stocking the grinch that stole christmas how about the grinch that stole the nfc south championship celebration on just days before christmas the buccaneers were looking for a fifth straight win looking to win the division for the first time since 2007 and none of that happened in fact No scoring happened for the Buccaneers as the New Orleans Saints come in and play the role of spoiler. Again, it's the holiday season. We're supposed to be festive. We're supposed to be cheering. But instead, it's a down and out Monday after a 9-0 loss to the New Orleans Saints. Welcome in. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. And let me say up front, it is not going to be an elongated podcast because typically we bring you highlights. There's not a lot of them. There's no points being scored by the Bucks in this game. Uh, and I, I realize that there's a lot of people in and around the Tampa Bay area that are down in the mouth after this loss. Let me just say at the outset here, it stunk. It was not good, and the Bucks are injured and banged up, and we're going to talk about that. But the season is not over, folks. The season is far from over, with three regular season games remaining, and you're going to be in the playoffs in January. There is a lot of football left. There's a lot of reason for optimism, in specific, because a year ago, this team was given up for dead after losing, figuratively, three games at home to the Saints, by the way, horribly on Sunday Night Football, by the way, then losing to the Rams on Monday Night Football, then being wiped out by the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, destroying the defense, all in November, Three losses in four games, everybody running this team off, and look at what ended up happening. They came together beating bad opposition, sound familiar, bad opposition in the final weeks of the season, and then got into the postseason when it mattered the most and played great football. Buccaneers now about to play bad opposition, as bad as Sunday night was, about to play two games with Carolina, who's awful, and a game with the Jets, who's awful, and a chance to not only secure the division, secure a home playoff game, but get yourself healthy for January, let's look at the bright side. Let's look at the optimism as the show goes on. All right, so uh, let me set the table again. However you found the podcast, thank you for doing so. Again, just days before Christmas, you've got holiday shopping, I'm sure, going on kids out of school everywhere. I understand. I get it. So thank you for finding us however you did through a social media link through the Buccaneers mobile app through Buccaneers.com. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast through the Buccaneers mobile app or on Apple or on Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. You can find us under nothing but Bucks. We're here the day after Buccaneer games and I'm pledging to you Buccaneer fans will not only be here on the Monday after the next three games as well with Carolina twice and the Jets, but we're going to be with you after playoff games plural, on the day after playoff games upcoming in January, I know it stinks right now, but have some optimism that there are going to be playoff games being played in January. And if you get to the biggest game, it's in February. And whenever those games are played, we'll be here with nothing but bugs to give you highlights, analysis, post-game interviews off of Buccaneers Radio and the Hooters post-game show and much more. So thank you for finding me. Let's get into it. We should have known when the when the guy, whoever that was, was on the front row on the Buccaneers' near sideline in the Grinch outfit, in the Santa outfit, with the Buccaneer logo on the back of it. Bad vibes. Whoever that was, the Grinch did not need to be in the front row behind the Buccaneer bench for last night. And the rival Saints, I, I will say this, they deserve credit for winning the game. Without Coach Sean Payton, uh, with Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator as the interim coach, the Saints did what they had to do. It was, You know what it was a lot like on Sunday night? Not the weather, but the game was like the New England-Buffalo game on Monday night football in the bad weather. And, of course, we just played the Bills last week and beat the Bills coming off of that New England game that they had played on Monday night. This was the same type of game where the Saints' mindset was, let's run the ball, take low risk— uh, let's play defense, let's play field position, let, let's play kick field goals, and let's let the Buccaneers beat themselves with mistakes. We won't make mistakes, we won't turn it over, make them turn it over. We won't give up sacks, which they rarely, the, the, the Buccaneers ended up with a couple of them, and you're going to have one on a highlight here, the few of the, the highlights. We're not going to give up You know, lost yardage, we're going to play field position with punts, we're going to kick field goals, we're going to let you continue to beat yourselves. And we're gonna play defense and suffocate and smother you as best we can and find a way to win the game. It's what the Patriots did to the Bills in the wind and the cold in New England. They ran the ball, ran it effectively, played defense, played a low scoring game, and beat Buffalo. Same, same type of mindset from New England. You could clearly see in the second half, they have no intention of taking any risks on offense. They're trying to win this game six to nothing or nine to something if they can get one more field goal. So kudos to the Saints to an extent. This was more about the Buccaneers, though, not getting it done. When you're not catching passes, that's not the opposition. When you're repeatedly dropping balls, and there were numerous ones, that's not the opposition. When uh, when the play calling or the changing of the plays by Tom Brady at the line of scrimmage results in incomplete pass after quarterback sack, after... What's going on on second and short, third and short and you don't get the first down and you and you got a punt and you don't get the first down again and you got a punt. And repeatedly in the second half in a six nothing game, you're punting and punting and punting. That was more self-inflicted by the buccaneers than it was the saints. Some of it is their defense and their pass rush. Another big factor, and we're going to get into this as we go along, when you lose Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two of the elite receivers in the league, and you lose them in the first half of the game, and you basically don't have them from the the middle of the second quarter on, from either one of them, that changes everything you're trying to do on offense. Then you lose Leonard Fournette on the first possession of the third quarter, your best weapon in the backfield all around in terms of running, catching, pass blocking. I mean, you're going to hear me ask the question to Bruce Arians and you're going to hear the answer, but we, know, we all know what the answer is. Of course your, your attack is different and your game plan is different when all of those guys are gone. So the Saints got a great break because of injuries there. And by the way, we're going to talk about the Godwin injury here in the chronology of the game. Dirty hit by P.J. Williams, naming names of the New Orleans Saints, hitting him low on the knee. And, and even worse, what he did after that, that I don't know how much TV picked up on. Again, I'm doing this on the Monday after, and I have not seen the full game broadcast. I am aware that Chris Collinsworth had some comments about the hit and about the play. But I'll, I'll get into this as we go along. You lose Godwin there in the second quarter getting hit on the knee on a pass over the middle. You lose Evans to the hamstring. You lose Fournette later in the game to the hamstring. I don't care who you are. In the NFL, you take away the two top receivers, two of the best receivers in the league, and that running back, and your offense is not the same offense anymore. Trying to call plays and trying to figure it out with Keyshawn Vaughn and Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, and I mean, it was just it was tough to watch the struggles in the second half. But you understand part of it. So the key here is put this game behind you and try to get healthier over the next two or three weeks. At the time that we're releasing this, I don't know the severity of any of these injuries. But you would have to suspect that all of these guys are in doubt for the game this week and maybe for the next couple of games. Just get them healthy for the playoffs if you can. That's the hope. And again, I'm flying blind figuratively. I don't know how serious the injuries are. You're going to know that later on Monday, Monday night, whenever you're hearing the podcast early on in the week. The hope is to get these guys healthier, especially Godwin, his importance over the middle, his importance in blocking in the run game, the toughness that he brings. Get that guy healthy. And Mike Evans, too, as a, as a number one threat, is right there with him. And then Leonard Fournette is there like 1A, 1B, 1C on blocking, catching the ball out of the backfield. When can these guys get back in there? Yes, it's next man up, but you need some or all of your best players to make a postseason run. As more than one person has has pointed out since last night, you're not going anywhere deep into the playoffs without Evans and Godwin. You got to have them. Got to get them healthy if you can get them healthy. And you have a little time to see if they can get healthier uh, come this time. And let's hope it's not anything serious. Okay, so with all of that said, by the way, there's been wagering taking place, I believe, on how long this podcast is going to be. I'm going to give you as much as I can, but there's not a lot of highlights. Honestly, folks. We will have the post-game interviews. I've got a little more analysis, uh, and then we'll set the table for the Buccaneers and the day after Christmas in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. But let's get to it on Sunday Night Football, where the Bucs were looking for revenge after the Saints had beaten them both times last year in the regular season, including on Sunday Night Football on NBC at home in a humiliating loss. The table was set. The crowd was electric. Everybody was clad in their red. Buccaneer fans showed out big time. And this was a defensive battle and a defensive struggle early on in the game. Saints got the opening toss, Buccaneers forced a punt, Bucks got the ball back, they were forced to punt, so it was field position, defense early, and then finally, we'll get into the highlights a little bit here, Taysom Hill was able to make a big play here.
1: Ingram, the running back now. Mason Hill kicks the leg, takes the snap. We run a stud, can't get to him. Throws a deep ball downfield. It is a caught ball inside the 30 to the 20-yard line. And Marquez Calloway makes it over the shoulder grab and drags the tackler inside the red zone.
0: Marquez Calloway got down the field for the Saints for that catch. His longest reception uh, since going all the way back to week one when he caught a bomb touchdown from Jameis Winston in the first game of the year with Green Bay. The game at the neutral field, remember, in Jacksonville. So Callaway got the big pass play. Again, the Saints are not the same without Drew Brees. They're certainly not the same with Taysom Hill. He can't throw the football from the pocket the same way that most can or much less that Drew Brees can, and that was obvious last night, and the Saints understood that. No Sean Payton. They're going to have a conservative game plan, but they did hit that big pass play early, Then there were a couple of other times when he was on play action or, or improvising able to make a pass play down the field, but they were few and far between. Saints... Uh, it did not do much throwing the ball. Did not do much running the ball in this game. They did do some of this, though. Here they got on the board.
1: The 39-yard attempt the spot down near hash. Kick is long enough, long enough, long enough. And it is good. Saints lead 3 to nothing.
0: Maher kicks that field goal, one of his three field goals on the day, for a 3 nothing lead for New Orleans. And who knew in the first quarter that that was going to be all that the saints would need remarkable striking that the Bucs would not be able to score as this game went on again you're hearing the calls of mean gene deckerhoff dave moore buccaneers radio this was another big factor for really the first time all season even going back to that saints game in the superdome uh, they didn't get to tom brady much in the first half well on sunday night the saints pass rush did
1: third five down Dropping Brady a little deeper drop, and he's going to be sacked back at the 37-yard line. It's going to be Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan, who has had a field day against the Buccaneers.
0: Cam Jordan's first of two sacks. They got four sacks on the game. They were harassing Brady throughout the game, really getting through with just rushing four guys and not having to blitz. A rarity that we've said this about the Buccaneer offensive line. So you get the feel of how the first half was unfolding. Now, to the credit of the Buccaneer defense, they continued to stand up big time. Uh, including right here, Levante David, uh, the perennial Pro Bowler, the leader of the defense, chasing down Taysom Hill.
1: Shotgun formation. Taysom Hill from the 11-yard line, moving right. Hill play action fake, dropping the throw. Looks upfield, flushed out of the pocket. He is dropped shy of the 10-yard line. That's a quarterback sack. Levante David. Levante David gets the sack.
0: Great hustle play by Levante. Gets officially credited with the sack. He had 11 tackles, three tackles for loss. Got credited with that sack. Levante all over the field. Again, he was nicked up at the end of the game with an injured foot. Hopefully that won't be serious. Again, we'll find out more Monday afternoon as Monday becomes Tuesday. Can Levante play later this week? You hope so. Heart and soul of the defense. All right, so at this stage, the Buccaneers then suffer the injury to Chris Godwin on the pass over the middle where, again, P.J. Williams is the player for New Orleans who dove right at his legs with him coming across the middle. And I understand this. The the NFL wanted to legislate the high-hit the hit to the head out of the game and they did so starting a decade ago about don't come from depth in the secondary as a safety or a defensive back and hit somebody high in the neck or in the head instead you're allowed to hit them below the waist below the knees and maybe the league should start looking into this if teams are going to take advantage by going right at people full speed at their legs as well i mean you've got personal fouls all over the place for illegal blocks crackback blocks blindside hits which is the same thing When a receiver is exposed like that and and cannot protect himself or avoid somebody diving at his legs, it's bad. And here is something, and I'm going to say it on Nothing But Bucks. Again, this is my opinion. This is my stuff. It reflects what I say. Yes, it's on the Buccaneers platform, but this is the truth. These are the facts. P.J. Williams with a dirty hit on Chris Godwin, first of all, going right at his knee. P.J. Williams then standing up, dancing classless, classless while Chris Godwin is laying there injured. P.J. Williams celebrating with Cameron Jordan where they're slapping five, faking like they're shooting basketball shots. I don't know how well TV saw this or showed it, but I saw it. I know the Buccaneer bench saw it as well. They're over there celebrating and jumping up and down while Chris Godwin is laying there holding his knee. And they could look over and clearly see it. And a couple of Saints finally did see it and were kind of kneeling around him. But those two guys are clowns. Clowns to be celebrating an injured player on the field. For example... When Jameis Winston was grabbed by Devin White in the Superdome in the second quarter of the first meeting and pulled to the ground, and I know Winston played for the Buccaneers and was in the locker room with the Buccaneers, you didn't see Devin White jump up and down after he after he pulled Jameis Winston down and celebrate and go slap five with Levante David or Shaq Barrett and fake like they're shooting basketball shots while Jameis Winston was laying on the ground. There's a right way to play the game. The Saints, unfortunately, Love to do that kind of crap. And I'll use the C-R-A-P word, by the way. We spell it in our household sometimes. This is the same. T- this is, By the way, the Sean Payton movie with Sean Payton, not coaching, is out this week where he got suspended for an entire year from the NFL for his team, the Saints, having a bounty program on injuring players. Documented by their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, saying to players, I got this one and holding up the money sign about go injure them. Go after their legs, go break their leg, go injure their knee, go dive at their legs. And now you see this last night. And then you see later in the game. Again, this is not just my opinion. Watch the game. Watch, watch two more times after the Godwin play. There's a Saints defender coming from depth, going right out of Buccaneer receivers' knees, including Rob Gronkowski later in the game. Where Gronk's having to have his head on a swivel on who's coming after my knees low. Again, I know it's a rivalry. There's a right way and a wrong way. It's wrong to be celebrating when somebody's laying on the field hurt, especially significantly hurt with that. Uh, and what happened to all the taunting stuff after plays, too, which we saw again last night, where the Saints two or three times, or John in a Buccaneer, following them to the sideline? I mean, I thought this stuff was supposed to be flags. It was a flag on Devin White in the Superdome, right? For taunting? Uh, Every officiating crew is different. But in any event, the Godwin injury, obviously significant as we're going through the highlights here. The Buccaneers tried to get a drive going, actually moved into Saints territory. But again, the Saints were able to sack Tom Brady. And then, uh, unfortunately, a guy that has been almost automatic was not automatic in Ryan Suckup.
1: Trinters snap a good one. The spot down, the kick is long enough, but it is wide to the left. My goodness. And the score remains 6 to nothing. New Orleans Saints.
0: First missed field goal going all the way back to the Chicago Bears game seven games ago. And, and again, for the Bucs, uh, here at this stage, down 6-0. You'd have been right, right back within a score. It's 6-3, low-scoring game. And... This is just unfortunately how things unfolded in the first half. Buccaneers even got the ball back trying to do something in the two minute drill and could not. Cameron Brake couldn't hold onto the ball. I mean, we saw uh, him drop one. We saw Gronk drop a couple of them. We saw Tyler Johnson not hang on to one as this first half was unfolding. The Bucs just seemed to be in a funk or a fog. But again, they had lost Evans by this time, they had lost Godwin as well uh, at the end of the first half. So, unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate that you've got to play the second half without those guys, that you got to play any length of time without it, but much less a whole half without them to change the game plan. So we talked to Bruce Arians, Coach Arians, at halftime, and he said, hey, we've just got to do a better job of, of staying on the field, uh, converting on third down. I'm paraphrasing what he was saying. we got to sustain a drive. Stop dropping the ball. All right, so the Bucks finally got something going in the third quarter with the game 6 nothing, and uh, that includes Ronald Jones now. Uh, replacing Leonard Fournette, who had the hamstring injury, Rojo breaking free here.
1: The low snap and the handoff, and it's Jones again. Convoy to the right, outside the numbers. 40, 45, to the 50, to the 40, to the 35, to the 30-yard line. Did he step out of bounds back on the 39? I think he did. But what a great effort by Rojo getting outside, contained. Got a convoy on that side. No flags, first down.
0: 30-yard run, tiptoeing down the sideline. I thought he might be able to stiff arm or cut back on the guy and maybe be out the gate completely uh, for that big play. Uh, Again, Brady continued to move the team into scoring range, and here uh, he does find Rob Gronkowski to keep the drive alive.
1: Brady points. Well, there's no backer. Everybody in the line of scrimmage here is with snap. Brady looking hard. Slap. Caught ball. It's Gronkowski for a first down. Inside the 30 to the 27-yard line. Oh, a, a dart thrown by Brady to the midst of his favorite go-to guy, Rob Gronkowski.
0: Again, Mean Gene with the calls on Buccaneers Radio. And you're thinking, okay, maybe the Buccaneers uh, can get in the end zone here and make the game 7-6. to six. You've moved inside the red zone. You now have a third down. And Tom Brady's going to step up in the pocket to try to make a play, and then you've got to give the Saints credit.
1: Out of the gun, low snap, dropping Brady. Brady looking under pressure, flushed out of the pocket, pumps the arm, runs the ball. He fumbled the ball. It's inside the 15, scooped up by the Saints. That takes away your field goal try. And the Saints forced the first turnover of the ball game.
0: Again, the strip from behind by New Orleans with Brady running the ball. This is why Bruce Arians, Coach B.A., kept saying over the last two or three weeks, we don't want him running. Enough of that. Uh, get rid of the ball or get down because if you, even if you don't get the first down there, you're within field goal range. And Ryan Suckup's not missing a second field goal from the middle of the field, makeable in a six-nothing game. But the fumble means you get no points. And this was just the story of the night. The Saints deserve credit on that play, but a lot of this self-inflicted by the Bucks. Uh, and and frustration continued to mount and double and triple with not being able to execute on offense. The defense played its guts out. I eventually said at one point in the second half, this is almost like the Tony Dungy days of the late 90s, and yes, you had Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch, Hardy Nickerson and those kind of guys, uh, Rondé Barber and others. Somebody make a play and go get a defensive touchdown. Get a sack fumble, get a pick six, get the momentum back with the defense doing something. The Buccaneers could not do that as the game was going on and just too much Saints pressure, especially in the fourth quarter.
1: Here's the snap out of the gun. They run a stunt. Brady's got some time. Breaks down. He'll be sacked for the fourth time. Most sacks of the game allowed by the Buccaneers this season. And it's the New Orleans Saints that sacked him three times earlier this year. Onyemada gets that sack. That's the third different Saint to get a sack.
0: Another sack, again, give New Orleans uh, the pass rush without the blitz credit beating the Buccaneer offensive line. It's been a rare occasion that we could say that over the last season and a half going all the way back to the great run of eight straight wins to end last year and win the Super Bowl, where this team's giving up more than a couple of sacks in a game. Four of them for the Saints, and basically desperation time here with the Bucks down 9-0. Tom Brady looking to make a play. they got a couple of first downs, got a, got a uh, holding call on uh, New Orleans to get you an automatic first down on a fourth down play. You move out towards midfield. you still got three or four minutes and all of your timeouts left. You're desperately trying to get a touchdown and the Saints finally slam the door.
1: Third and ten, Brady looking, unlooking under pressure, flushed out of the pocket. Goes a pass up field. It is intercepted. intercepted by the Saints. Gardner Johnson. CJ Gardner Johnson, a former Florida Gator, picks off Tom Brady. And the Saints with a nine to nothing lead. Have three minutes and 40 seconds to try to kill and escape with a win and deny the Buccaneers a division title tonight in prime time.
0: C.J. Gardner-Johnson able to make that interception on Tom Brady. Uh, Again, I don't have an explanation for why Tom Brady continues to turn the ball over against New Orleans other than their defense has done a great job of putting pressure on him, rattling him, and getting him to throw the ball in bad spots, in bad situations. But again, you were desperate there down 9-0 deep in your own end with three minutes to go, and they're looking to bait you and looking to intercept the ball. Credit the Saints on that play. Again, if I know it's a Buccaneers podcast, and I'm propping the Saints up, but I'll, I'll prop them like 20%. It was 20% them making plays. It's 80%. No Godwin, no Evans, no Fournette, basically the whole second half, and your own self-inflicted drop-the-ball that has nothing to do with defense. Drop the ball, put you behind in dis- down in distance. Drop the ball. Now you got to punt. Uh, that was bad. You compounded everything by just being in a funk and not executing. And in the end, the Saints went at nine to nothing against our uh, against our Buccaneers, spoiling the hopes of winning the NFC South. So when it was all over, as you can imagine, Coach Bruce Arians did not have a whole lot to say on this one. We did get his thoughts on the Saints coming in to get the win in the season sweep, especially for the Bucks offensively. Coach, what are your thoughts immediately after this game?
2: Well, I thought our defense played well enough to win this game. Um, our special teams and offense were very, very poor. Um, we did not get open, obviously, with all the injuries. Uh, young guys had to step up and uh, just got to do a little better. Drop too many balls and uh, didn't protect our quarterback good enough.
0: What were the Saints doing, and uh, and was it something different tonight? Were they doing anything different tonight? They were no, getting to Tom Brady something.
2: Just a lot of two-man man-to-man coverage, and, uh, and our young receivers weren't getting open.
0: You mentioned the injuries to Mike Evans and to Chris Godwin. You later also lost Leonard Fournette. How much, if at all, does that affect the play calling, especially when you don't have substitutes really at wide receiver?
2: Uh, it doesn't affect it at all. The young guys just got to step on and get open. And, uh, you know, the young guys, uh, they'll get better.
0: Uh, what, if anything, can you tell us about the injuries to Godwin, to Evans, and to Fournette? What do we know right now?
2: Uh, not too much. They're all very doubtful for me.
0: Levante David is a name that I want to mention here. Is he led you in tackles in this game with 11. He had three tackles for loss and a sack. Can you say something about what you saw out of him tonight?
2: Yeah, I just hated to limp off the field too, so he's, um, we'll wait and see how he is, but a hell of a ball game. By, I thought our whole defense played great.
0: There were a couple of uh, opportunities that you had, even at 6 nothing, even at 9 nothing, late in the game, where you're trying to make something happen, and again, right. you just have to credit New Orleans for being able to get the stop and still what was a one-score game. Yeah, or reach an
2: interception there at the end, but... Uh... Uh, They did a good job. I mean, their defense kicked their ass.
0: And now, Coach, you just have to regroup and get ready after Christmas here to get ready to go play the Carolina Panthers with the same situation here with a chance to win the division, right?
2: Yeah, just got to do it on the road now.
0: Again, that conversation off our Hooters postgame show as New Orleans wins the game and completes the season sweep. Again, it's worth pointing out, though, the Saints swept the Buccaneers a year ago and the Bucs turned it on at the right time in late December and in January for the postseason. Doesn't necessarily mean the year is over. Again, you got to get healthier for sure. All right, Tom Brady uh, met with the media last evening, late last evening, after this one was done, and as you can imagine, he was at a loss for why this team could not get on the board.
2: Tom, I know it's very rare for you to get shut out or your team, um, but when you lose Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Burnett, that had to be a big part of today, right?
3: Yeah, but I mean, we just yeah didn't execute great, obviously, and. um, just a tough night so didn't do much anything right um so we've got to get a lot better got to get back to work there's a lot of football left and see if we can go get a win next week the entries played a big part tonight but this Saints defense uh, has handed you guys better than anybody else w- what makes them do that what has allowed them to beat you guys in four regular season games like this they're pretty good they got a really good defense really good scheme uh tough to go against uh, well coached a lot of great players a lot of veteran players they played together for a long time so they did a great job.
0: Hey, Tom, I know you guys had a lot of expectations going into tonight with the red out, the stadium, and, and hopes of clinching the NFC South. Just how disappointing is it for you guys to not be able to
3: clinch it on home turf? Well, we just didn't play well enough. So I think it was just thinking about one game and how we could win the game. But obviously, you don't score points. You're not going to win. Hey, Tom, obviously, you guys gained the Saints by 90 yards. But was it not having you know some of your key players down the stretch, you know, when you had to convert on third down was that the, the biggest crippling factor on the uh, on this game i don't think we were you know much good of anything tonight just i wish it was just one thing it was a lot of things so we got to do better in every every facet of offensive football to to uh you know score points we're not going to win scoring no points tom after you threw the interception looks like you had some words with with dennis allen uh, what what was discussed there oh nothing just football
1: hey tom you guys talk a lot about the next man up See more about of the younger
3: players and especially in that wide receiver slot yeah we just uh you know a lot of guys got banged up tonight but that's part of football so got to try to figure out you know who can go in and fill in some roles and play great football and we're gonna have to put together a great week this week
0: first shutout loss of brady's career since 2006 holy cow First shutout for the Buccaneers at home since that same year. The Bucs had not been shut out at home since the 2006 season when the late Steve McNair and the Baltimore Ravens shut the Bucks out. Of course, the Saints were the last team to shut the Bucks out, period. That was in the 2012 season with Josh Freeman at quarterback 41-0 in the Superdome. This was not 41-0. This was 9-0. All right, let's brighten it up a little bit. Joe Tryon Shoyenka, the rookie first-round pick out of... Uh, The University of Washington, he was making some plays and showing up. You're going to need him down the stretch of the season. Here he was. uh, Tryon Shoyenka with a sack with a couple of other uh, plays in the run game. Uh, Another pressure or two on Taysom Hill. Again, the Saints did very little on offense. They had fewer than 275 yards of offense, couldn't run the ball. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, 20 carries, 28 yards. So the Saints could not run the ball with their running backs. Yeah, here was Joe Tryon, Show Yanko, though, talking about not good enough. You still got to win the game.
3: Obviously, a a good night for the defense to keep the Saints in check, but how frustrating it is to to have a chance to win a division title on your home field and to come up as short as you guys did tonight.
4: Uh, You know, it's disappointing, but, you know, it's just, you know, it's real disappointing, you know, losing at home especially, but, It is what it is. You know, a lot lot more games left to be played, a lot more meaningful games to be played, you know. So, you know, we're going to fix what we have to fix, you know, hopefully, you know, get this thing rolling.
3: Is that the message after the game, just to just to forget this, move on and and focus on getting back for Carolina?
4: Uh, You know, we got to improve on, you know, the things that we got to improve on, you know, fix the kinks, you know, and then, you know, on to the next game.
1: Hey, Joe. um your uh your gm jason light just before the the
3: game announced that uh, antonio brown and mike Edwards would be returning to the team
0: next week just what are your thoughts on those guys returning um coming back to the locker room
4: you know it's, uh, i love you know i love them when on the field i love how they play you know they bring a nice element you know they all have you know they're both really talented so you know it's going to be nice to have them back
0: Joe you guys kept them out of the end zone. Do you feel the defense played well enough to win?
4: Defense played well but you know we had a couple plays where you know we wish we could um, you know capitalize on but other than that you know it is what it is. Hey Joe with uh, some of your starters uh starting to, to leave
3: with injuries did that take away from the confidence did you feel that evaporating I mean, seven starters losing in the game is, is tough to overcome for any team.
4: Yeah, you know, that is a that's, a, that's tough for, you know, one game, but next, next man up mentality, you know, the dudes who are up, you know, they got to make the plays when, you know, the numbers cost. So, you know.
1: Joe, to follow up on Kevin's question, when you see those playmakers go down on offense, does it go through your mind? We got to kick it up a notch on defense?
4: Most definitely, you know, got to, you know, help the team out any way we can, you know, looking for that spark, you know, that's, you know, that's what we needed to do, but.
0: Got to put it behind you and get ready now for the Carolina Panthers off a 9-0 loss. So there you go. I wish I had more on the week of Christmas on nothing but Bucks to cheer you up with. I do not. Let's hope we get better injury news after the Saints uh, defeat the Buccaneers and now drop the Bucks at this stage to 10-4 and with three games remaining. The Buccaneers still now in the uh, tiebreaker mix with the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys and at the moment would be the three seed, but there's still a lot to play for here in the last three games of the season. The Cowboys and the Cardinals, by the way, play each other on January 2nd. The Packers have the one seed at the moment and control their own destiny, obviously. They went out, they'll be the one seed, and they get the bye. What happens after that? Then again, if Green Bay, who's playing a Christmas Day game with Cleveland, doesn't win that game, there's potentially a three- or a four-way tie off of this upcoming weekend for the top spot. Keep hope, Buccaneer fans. It's the Christmas season. Enjoy the holiday with your families later on in the week, and let's hope for better to Buccaneer football coming this week. My thanks to Jason Berenger, helping me with the highlights of the interviews. Jeff Ryan, our director of broadcasting. Again, the Bucs travel to Carolina. They lost in Buffalo last uh, Sunday, uh, on uh, Sunday afternoon, as Buffalo bounced back and beat the Panthers. They're going nowhere. Their offense is bad. They're beat up. So now let's see if the Bucs can't put it on them with whatever receivers you have as Jason Light and Bruce Arians both confirmed last night, Antonio Brown will be coming back. The hope is to have Rashad Perryman off the COVID-19 list. That will help with Evans and Godwin likely not only not playing against Carolina, but maybe not playing for a couple of games uh, here at the end of the regular season. We'll see what happens with that. Again, we will be with you from Charlotte at noon Eastern time on Sunday, the day after Christmas, noon on the Buccaneers radio network. One o'clock is kick time. The NFC South is still on the line really for any of the next three games, but you want to take care of it right now with a win over Carolina, clinch the division, clinch the home playoff game. You can do that Sunday in the first of two meetings coming at the end with the Carolina Panthers. And of course, we'll be back to recap it all with highlights, interviews, analysis, and more here on Nothing But Bucks when it's done. For now, Merry Christmas from all of us with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Keep your chin up, Buck fans. There's more to play for, much more to play for. And this team seemed to be down and out last November and turned it around. That's the hope Get healthy, and let's see if they can't turn it around and turn it on come come January and the playoffs, and early February and the playoffs. Playoff games, plural. That's what we're all about. And we'll be back to recap all of it off the Carolina game uh, coming next week here on Nothing But Bucks. For now, Merry Christmas. I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks for being with us. As always, go Bucks, and thank you for being with me on Nothing But Bucks.